Tony Basilio live with you, Studio Control, worldwide headquarters of, well, ladies and gentlemen, the official voice of the common fan, doing it for forever. And we live for days like this. Tennessee in action this afternoon, taking on Texas A&M. Matt Dixon, Brian Hartman in the house with me today. Coming up today on the program, Dave Serrano going to join here momentarily. And then a word about SEC Mike has my attention right now. SEC Mike will be joining us a little later on this hour. You knew the SEC just wasn't going to play the nine-game schedule, didn't you guys? We all knew that, right? They weren't just going to go easily and do something normal. SEC Mike is talking about the fact that they are openly having a battle internally, he's hearing, ahead of the meetings, which are going to take place here shortly, down in Florida. Hey, Matt, check this out. Instead of playing three permanent opponents, you have one permanent opponent and seven rotators, keeping it at an eight-game schedule which allows these athletic directors to continue to schedule one double-A games and these coaches, to con- like the guy in Kentucky, to continue to amass uh, uh, empty calorie victories. Does any of that surprise you, Matt, that these guys would uh, apparently go in that direction? Does any of that, any of that, Matt, surprise you, any of that? No, not, I mean, not particularly, no. I, I do think that the three permanent opponents, I mean, it, I do think that could be one too many because for a lot of teams, they just have, you know, one or two. But to, to not go to the nine-game schedule is, is kind of on brand um, for, for the SEC. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, Brian, who would Tennessee's permanent opponent be? What this would mean for the old heads is this would mean breaking up Tennessee and Alabama. Unless the permanent opponent was, in fact, Alabama. Or Tennessee and Vanderbilt. Auburn would be Georgia, No, I would think. Florida Why would Auburn would be, be Georgia? Brian, Auburn plays Alabama every year. What do you mean to be Georgia? Well, that's true. Uh, See, that's the problem when you start Georgia doing this. Florida. I... That's a problem when you start doing this. If they do, in fact, play eight. And one of the things that C. Mike says in his podcast, and we're going to bring him on here in 30 or so minutes. One of the things he says in his podcast is that the league doesn't want to play nine till they can get more TV money because this TV money is for negotiated eight league games. How about that, Matt? How about these pigs? They're not rich enough, Matt, these pigs. Never enough with them. Never enough. Wow. It's really a shame that we we're doing this to college sports, and football's obviously leading the way. Yep, because that's where all the money's that's where all the money's at. But yep, none of this is is really good for the game. So, unfortunately, uh, no doubt. Brian Serrano is um, S E R R A N O. I'm doing this for Twitter Spaces, it's, Brian. It's uh, two R's. And one A and one O. R R A N O. There you that's go. That's right. 
Okay, I'm, I'm just trying to look semi-literate and somewhat competent as I do this. Hey, kudos to LeBron James last night, and I mean that. I mean, those guys got to the Western Conference Final with a hoopty team. More than the Sixers can say. And he played every minute last night. He sat for a couple seconds at the end of the first half. The guy's 38 years old. And he was running around like a madman at the end of the game last night. Now, they, they ran some plays for him, and he shoots too many three-pointers. And God, what, what an incredible athlete that guy is. You talk about somebody, uh, Brian, that's not human. The guy's 38 years old out there playing every minute in a very physical game. What a tough and, guy he is, man. That yeah, guy's a tough guy. I just think at the end he didn't have much left. He was gassed. You could see on the last two shots he took. Yep. And you're at the end of a long, intense stretch where you went, I guess, what they go, six games with both Memphis and six games with Golden State. Oh, so yeah. At some point, it's just that he's going to have to have more help. That team just doesn't have – they don't have a reliable somebody else on the wing that can carry them. He gave his all for Tennessee. Matt, Dave Serrano is saying the Vols can win it all. Is that a pandering to our fan base, or is that an accurate – you think that's an accurate take from him at this stage of the game? No, I, I think it's accurate. Tennessee certainly has the pieces and, and the talent um, both on the mound and at the plate to do that. I um, mean, if, if they reach their potential, uh, you know, then that's that's kind of been the case all year. Todd, Todd Walker of the SEC Network kind of said the same thing. So if, you know, if this team were to start peaking, you know, right now, they, they absolutely can could could win it all. If you told me we had different people to play infield, come on, I'm not singling anybody out. I'm talking about all of them. I'd go with you. Because you're going to have to execute. Did they get the awards right, Matt, in the league, the um, postseason teams? Tennessee was noticeably absent pretty much all over the place. I mean, there's not really anybody to put in there. Besides Jared Dickey, who had had a really solid year, so I mean, there's not. I mean, who who else would would be in consideration when you just look at their numbers compared to other guys in the league? I mean, there's just just not a whole lot there. No, and and Dickey's got great numbers, right? But the but the three outfielders ahead of him are just. I mean, they're just kind of insane, like the Cruz guy. Burke was giving me a heck today for writing that the guy did led the league and just but he said Tony he led the league in nothing. Point is the guy's in the top three or four or five in everything. The guy's an incredible player. So if Burke wants to diminish a cruise kid, then let him let him stand <laughs> diminished. He he did that last Tuesday. He's an awesome player. I I would I would take him any day of the week. It's going to be a really interesting postseason. I was talking with a longtime observer of college baseball who told me yesterday, he said, Tony, I heard your conversation about Mississippi, Mississippi State. Here's what you guys discount. Last year, Ole Miss went to South Florida and fought their way out of Miami's region. Is that right? Do you guys remember that? I think they went down to South Florida. Yes, yes they did. Okay. That's where they started. He said if, he said if, 
if you stop and think about it, this league is the cream of the crop in that sport. Tennessee will be so happy to get out of this league, even if they have to go on the road to the ACC. He said those teams haven't seen anything like what they'll see with Tennessee. Is that accurate, Matt? He said the level of baseball in this league is so much better. Yeah, the, the level of baseball in Hoover will be higher than it is in any regional, super regional, or, or really even the College World Series. Yeah, no, that, that's that's fair. That's that's why really any SEC team, it wouldn't be shocking if they got the Omaha because they're they're just battle-tested and prepared for everything. I mean, if, if you can hit SEC pitching, you can hit pitching anywhere. And that's what a lot of other teams find out when they get in regional play is that, oh, that team went, 500 in the SEC, but they just they just run ruled us two two games in a row in a super like that that happens all the time. ACC slogan ought to mean it just means less. That's what it ought to be. It just means less. We'll come back on the other side. Dave Serrano joins, and then SEC Mike. SEC Mike saying that there's a there's a movement internally. Nick Saban's involved in it. Let's not do the three model. The, the, the three permanents with the rotator. Let's do one permanent. And let's only play eight league games. Because at the end of the day, why give fans their bang for the buck? Y'all are coming anyway. The, the sheep are coming out at night. You know, the freaks come out at night and the sheep come out at night. The sheep are coming anyway. So why do what's good for the game? Why don't we? Hey, why don't we play a couple of kicking scrimmages a year? Why don't we play two, two, uh, two of those double A teams, Matt? Why not three of them? We can get away with it. Is there anything that people won't sign up for? The fans, where they wouldn't buy the? T- I mean, go to the games. You know what's with these ad? These ads laugh at you behind closed doors. They all do. They have to be, Matt. They have to be laughing at the fans, right? Uh, they, they certainly don't do anything to help fans. Uh, and obviously t- the TV revenue, um, is just infinitely more, more money than, than ticket revenue is nowadays. So they're always going to cater to, to TV markets and, and whatever kind of TV contracts they get as, a, as opposed to giving the fans the best, best games and experiences possible. And SEC Mike's laying it down in his latest edition. He says, that behind the scenes, they're fighting. It's interesting. It's worth talking about. I don't trust these people. I don't trust them to do the right thing. L- look at the teams that are in all these leagues. Look, you trust these people to do the right thing? Even if the right you do the right thing for the wrong reasons, I don't just I don't trust them. We'll talk to him bottom of the hour. In the meantime, Dave Serrano. After this. <laughs> Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. 
Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. 
Have you heard the news? The Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools has a new day and time. Hop on the Big Yellow School Bus Saturdays at 10 a.m. right here on WKOM 101.7 FM to hear all about what's happening in and around Murray County Public Schools. The Big Yellow School Bus with Jack Cobb and friends on Front Porch Radio, Saturdays at 10 a.m. on WKOM 101.7 FM. All right. Welcome back, everybody. This is T. Willie. I got uh, our good friend, Mr. Miles Johnson, on the phone. He's going to tell us what's happening at Foodland this week. Miles, I hope you're having a great day so far. Oh, yeah. I'm having a great day. Excellent. So what uh, what kind of All specials right. we got this week? Well, this week we got ground chuck for three seventy nine a pound, assorted pork chops for $1.59 a pound, T-bone steaks four ninety nine a pound, Nestle Pure Life 24-pack water, three for 11, and Coca-Cola 12-pack cans and 8-pack bottles, both two for 10. All right, and these sales run through next Tuesday, correct? Yes, sir. And again, you're open seven days a week, 7 a.m. to 9 p.m., located right there on West 7th Street, right near the post office. So, Miles, uh, great deals. Uh, People need to come in and check them out, and uh, we'll uh, give you a call next Thursday and see how you're doing then. So, Miles, you have a great day, and uh, again, thanks for the uh, great staff. They really help everybody out when they come in. So, we'll talk to you later. All righty, thank you. Thank you. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Boom. You know, we shout out all the sports here, whether it be the soccer. How about uh, the Hall kids from Halls? Jay Call, Ryan Hall, both qualifying for the Knoxville Open, which is kind of incredible. Both those guys shot like a million under par to do it and there's a lot of pressure and and jake has uh got a senior year coming up at the university of tennessee him and that surat guy got through the freshman good for you golf your ball jakey boy golf your ball and ryan hall caduce to you young man you've worked your ass off so play well this week both of you without further ado a man who knows a lot about hard work joining us on the tld logistics hotline Online at tldlogistics.com. You bow your head and you say his name. Who The great Dave Serrano, 30-plus year career in college coaching. He drew the curtain on it, at least for now. And he's back in Knoxville. And, Coach, it's always a pleasure to visit with you, my honorary Paisan. How you doing? I'm doing good, Tony. It's always wonderful to be back home with you, too. Well, you know I love you, man. And uh, I know you do. But and, and here's the deal. So you 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 made a little um, uh, observation about the Vols, and I want to talk about the importance of, from your perspective, the SEC tournament to Tennessee to a team like Tennessee. W- what is, in your mind, the importance of this thing as we get ready to see the Vols play today? Well, you know, when you're as competitive as Coach Vitella is and his staff, and I know his players are too, you never want to go into something thinking this isn't important. I think they are playing for something. Um, You know, I think their body of work to this point is pretty strong. I think they still have a little bit more to be able to – they probably don't have an opportunity to be in the top eight, but they have an opportunity to be in the top 16, which will at least – allow them to host the first weekend. And I think because what 
they've established here of such a home field advantage. And if you look at their numbers offensively, how much they are increased from here to on the road, I think it's important for them to win a couple games, at least in the SEC tournament, to be able to solidify. And I, I'm, I'm be honest, with you, I'm a little surprised they're on the outside from what some of the the, the people that know what's going on. They, they're on the outside right now because I think, uh, in my opinion, they're one of the top sixteen, if not within the top ten teams in the country. But Brian, I think they have to yeah. go into this tournament to, to win a couple games at least. You know, Dave Brian Hartman has a really interesting piece. Him and Matt today did great work for us over at tclub.team, and I'd encourage folks to go check that out as sort of uh, a primer for uh, this afternoon and as we're at the outset of the postseason and then the draw on Monday. Brian, Tennessee's really been done in by the performance of their non-league opponents, which you can't control. And I want to talk to you, Coach, about that, about scheduling but Gonzaga was supposed to be pretty good this year, and, and they had a horrendous season. Mm-hmm. And there were a couple other teams. Bri, speak to that, if you can, in terms of just how underperforming Tennessee's uh, non-league teams were, Bri, which has really drugged them into the spot they're in. Yeah, I, I think Dayton was supposed to be better than what they've been, and they haven't. Grand Canyon and Arizona didn't provide the kind of pop that we thought they would, but I think I saw where Grand Canyon is projected to make the tourney, maybe as a three regional seed, just at at the latest. But most of the teams Tennessee play non-league is teams they play every year. I'm talking about Tennessee Tech and Belmont, and you got Lipscomb and Austin P, Western Carolina, Eastern Kentucky, those that bunch. So I mean, really, they, they play those teams every year. And so I don't think that really, but what hurts them the most probably is going one and five against Missouri and Georgia. Well, Dave, I want to ask you, because because Tennessee's RPI, the the strength of schedule, Bri, for those teams is what? What did you tell me yesterday? Tennessee's non-league strength of schedule is what, Bri? It's it's one eighty six, and I think the average RPI for the eighteen non-league opponents is about one fifty nine. There's six of them. Six of the 18 are above 200, and then there's another five that are between 150 and 200. So that's 11 out of 18 that have very high, bad RPIs. So one thing I love about you, Coach, is you're not afraid to walk us inside as you've done. How hard is it? You've been on all sides of this. You've been a have and a have not in that sport. So you've been on all sides of these deals, these programs, right, in terms of you've been the hunted, the hunter, the whatever, you know, the national championship. How hard is it when you get to Tennessee's level? like Tony's done here, to put a schedule together that's commensurate with giving you the best opportunity when that selection committee behind closed goes. Because they're going to look at Tennessee's non-league schedule, and they're going to say they played a bunch of hoopties. So how hard is it to do that? Go ahead. Well, it's very difficult because scheduling is done three to four years in advance. So when you set up a schedule, you're setting up with where the program is at that time. and But when you come around to play them, Three or four years later, that program may have slipped, and some of the programs may have risen. So it is very difficult. And, and I'll tell you what, the one thing that I never was able to figure out was RPI. The one thing I do know, no matter who you play, if you play them on the road and you win, it's bonus points for you. And I think when I look at, at their schedule this year, and, and Tony took the map right off of coming from Arkansas. Arkansas plays a lot of games at home in that beautiful stadium. And if you look at, at, at Tennessee's non-conference schedule, I, I think they only played maybe 
less than 10 games on the road this year. It might have been eight. I know that tournament early on and um, uh, that they played out in Arizona. So that that hurts you even when you're winning games against some of those lower RPI. If you're on the road beating those teams, it helps you. So I think it's a very difficult uh, formula to come up with. But the worst part about it is everything is done so in advance that it's hard to project what that program's going to be when you get a chance to plan. And then thinking about it going forward, you know, they, they've invested money in Tony now, and these SEC coaches are now making, well, I mean, God, what, three or four times more than what you guys were getting paid just a few short years ago, which is crazy, the money in all these sports now. And so I guess you have an AD that wants to build a new ballpark. They want home dates, so that's uh-huh. not going to go away. Because yesterday somebody said on here, which is really easy to say, you know, and that's one of the things I love about talk radio. I don't have to do anything. I just could talk about it. But, hey, why don't you just go play a, a, a road series at a Clemson? Take an ACC mm-hmm. team and we'll go you one year and you come here one year, and that would solve that. That would get our RPI up. But that's a lot easier said than done, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It, it, it is. And, and uh, like I said, scheduling is very tricky. And a lot of times the head coach is involved in it. Uh, sometimes it's an assistant coach. Sometimes it's your director of uh, baseball operations. But the head coach is involved in it. At the end of the day, Tony makes the final decision what they want to do with their program, where they want to play. Um, but I get it. I, I get it. Why wouldn't you want to play the majority of your games at Lindsey Nelson Stadium and, and have the, the packed house and the, the support they have now and, and have that home field advantage? And that works for you. If you don't have to go on the road in the postseason, you have home the the confines of being at your own home, your fan base, and all that. Where it gets tough is if your team isn't used to going on the road in hostile environments. But where the SEC is different, though, is that during the all the weekends they play on the road during their thirty game gauntlet, and it is a gauntlet of the thirty game schedule. They are playing in hostile environments. They pl- are playing in regional atmospheres. So this team is battle-tested. I think the best thing the best thing that happened to Tennessee was their last weekend on the road. They beat a very good South Carolina team in a, in a series that they needed to win two out of three to continue to stay towards that opportunity to play at home in the first round of the regional. And the reality is they probably could have won all three of them, you know, which is uh, speaks to the level uh, that they got out of their pitching staff. You know, I, I look at this club, and I, know you're, I know you're bullish on them, and, and as we have a tendency in all these markets to look really heavily at our own team and not the sport globally. You and I were talking off the air, and you told me since you've gotten out, you've had a chance just to flick on ESPN Plus, which is an incredible thing, and watch all these games. So you, you, you watch a sport in totality. I look at Tennessee's defense, and it scares the hell out of me, specifically the infield defense, um, because they're prone to botch things, and they're botched plays on the infield invariably have turned into runs this year. Um, and I will point you to, over the weekend, Tony makes a decision, which I disagree with, to go out there and get uh, his starter after 82 pitches, and he brings Burns in, and there's a hot shot hit to the third baseman, which, look, that's a 50-50 ball. And then the ball that gets under the shortstop's glove that he's got to knock down. But, but Dave, that happens, and the inning just totally unravels, which is how their year has gone to this point. Like, that's how they've lost games. So how 
much of a concern should that infield defense be? And is it worse than other defenses, or am I being harder on them than I should be? It's just college baseball. Well, I, I said this yesterday. Um, you show me a perfect team out there, which I haven't seen yet. Um, and, you know, I'll show you a national champion for sure. There isn't any perfect team. I think over the course of a 56, now let's go back to last year. I think at, uh, during the course of the season, Tennessee was the perfect team. They, I mean, the, the play their schedule to, to end up with their record, they were the perfect team. But I also believe that it's hard to run run the, the to run the table for the whole season from having a great uh, start of the season to going into the postseason. You're going to have a blip somewhere along the way. Unfortunately for Tennessee, it happened at the worst time of the year. But I've heard all that, and yes, early on and throughout the year, they have had some struggles defensively. They had some base running miscues early. Yep. I feel they've cleaned that up now, but. I think sometimes baseball is a difficult sport, Tony. It's a difficult, it's a more difficult sport than people even realize it is. And there's so much adversity. There's so much failure. And I think sometimes people look at things when they break down important things and say, well, that's a blemish on that team. But again, you show me a team that's been perfect throughout the year and I'll show you the perfect team, which I don't think there is one out there right now. Well, you know, it's, I think this yeah. is wide open. It reminds me of golf. Baseball always has, but. And from team to individual, it applies because, like, I watch my son and his friends in that sport, and one day they have a magic wand in their hand. Next day the irons aren't working. The next day it's your short irons that aren't working. One day it's your driver that's a little off, or uh, you're struggling with your putting. And that's how baseball is. One day it's your bullpen. Next day it's your hitting. The next day it's your infield fielding. The next day it's base running. And it's, like, always – constantly it's what it's what makes the sport so interesting and i was texting yesterday with a coach and he was talking about pitching changes and he said you know you guys sit there on the radio and and you're second guessing tony he said that's fine you're just doing your job but the truth is that most guys when they're walking to the mound are going am i doing the right thing and nobody knows like you don't know whether you're you're either going to be a genius or you're going to be a zero I say all that to ask you this. You were talking about being battle-tested before and the rigors of this league. I looked at uh, that Ole Miss team last year. Tennessee went down there and swept them, and like they broke their spirit. Somehow that team got up off the deck. They went to South Florida, which some people have Tennessee projected to get down there to start. And they fought their way out of that region, and then they fought their way through the Super Region, and we know the rest of the story. I was told yesterday, and I want to throw this at you, You've been, again, on both coasts, that this league really prepares you. And even if Tennessee has to play two series on the road, uh, they're not going to see the types of teams, unless they play a league opponent in a Super Regional, they're not going to see the types of teams that they saw in this league. Do do you agree with that? No, I totally agree with you. Um, What the SEC does, to your resume of being tough, fighting through adversity. Uh, there's there's a lot of highs and lows throughout a season of, of the SEC. Let's go back to going into the Vanderbilt series. Tennessee was sitting at 5 and 10. And I think that there probably weren't many people in Knoxville or fans of Tennessee baseball that were thinking that at this point that they would be where they're at. There was a lot of questions. 
I think the best thing, from my vantage point, the best thing that Tony and his staff did is they solidified a lineup and they solidified roles on the pitching staff. Because before that time, there was a lot of changes to the lineup. And I think they were trying to figure out their team as much as anyone was. And I know as a, as a player many, many years ago, when you were showing up to the ballpark and not knowing exactly what your role was, if you were going to be in the lineup that day, or if you were in the lineup and you went over four, you were coming out the next day, that's tough to play this sport. And for the most part, besides when they've had a couple injuries here and there, their pitching staff, their role on the pitching staff, their lineup has stayed pretty much intact. And I know with the talent they have, when guys are showing up to the locker room that that morning or that midday to play that evening game or that day game, it's a lot easier to go out and compete and succeed when you know that your name's going to be in the lineup that day and you've earned the right to be in the lineup. And I think that was the turning point that a lot of people don't talk about is when the coaching staff settled on, okay, these are our guys and we're going to live and die with these guys. That's when this team started playing better. Dave Serrano has been there and done that. He's been to Omaha. He joins us on the TLD Logistics hotline, online at tldlogistics.com. He makes his home here um, and loves this place. And says that he thinks Tennessee's the team. Now, who in the SEC, uh, Dave Serrano, are you buying at the outset of the postseason? And who are you selling at the outset of the postseason? Uh I'm selling LSU. I'm selling the team that everyone had penciled in as the, the for sure slam dunk national champion, and that's because I don't think their pitching staff is, is deep enough. Yes, they can hit with the best of them, um, and that is very important through the postseason, especially when you get into those games that are elimination games and you got to outscore your opponents because you're down in pitching. That's where I think the difference maker is. Championships are won. Now, I'm kind of being hypocritical when I say this, Championships are won on the mound and defensively. When it comes down to the big games, Tennessee is going to have to play solid defense. We know they're going to get the solid pitching, and they have plenty enough power and enough offensive um, prowess throughout their lineup to be successful. I think that I think that as much as as much publicity as LSU, and I have a ton of respect for Jay Johnson down there. I know Jay is from the West Coast. I just don't like the way their pitching staff is set up. They've got one superstar that can only pitch one time in a weekend, and it has been proven over a course of time that every other game they're in is a slugfest, and I think that's going to catch up with them. They tailed off towards the tail end. I think the other team for me, that, and there was a lot of controversy around this program, besides Tennessee playing really good baseball, the other team that is playing really good baseball in the SEC is Alabama, and that's a team that I'm going to watch down this stretch because I think they're playing. Uh, uh, they're playing with uh, kind of like house money. All the stuff that they had, those players had to deal with through the, the controversy that went on about a month ago um, or less than a month ago. Uh, that's a, uh, that's teams playing good. You look at at uh, Florida. Florida's a very talented team. Their pitching staff is iffy. They've got tremendous talent on the mound, but it hasn't been consistent. I think you know the team. <laughs> Is Arkansas? I know they're not liked by the, the fans of Tennessee, but you got to give credit to Dave Van Horn. They're and so good. Consistency. Yep. Yeah, I mean, just so consistent. Yes. I mean, you look at over all the years. At the end of the year, at the end of thirty game slot in the slate in the SEC, Arkansas is near the top or at the top at the end of every season. And uh, kudos to Coach Van Horn and his staff and that program. They they just are so good. Um, 
Vanderbilt's a team for me. I saw them many times early on. I had some some uh, fellow coaches that were coming through there and playing them, so I got to see them early on. And I was really shocked at their start um, at, of the season in the SEC. Uh, they got hard at the right time. They got they padded a good lead. But to me, they, this is not this is not one of Coach Corbin's more talented teams. Now I've heard him say on the air that it's a pretty close unit and they play well together, which means a lot. But I just don't think the firepower in that lineup and their pitching isn't as dominant as it has been over the years. And I'll give a little bit of credit to Coach Patella and his coaching staff. I think one of the reasons why it's not as dominant is because guys like Beam and Burns are with Tennessee and not at Vanderbilt. That is is an excellent, because, you know, those guys generally were going to end up there uh, and, and back to Arkansas for a second. You know, the funny thing about them is you, you look at them, they don't have like a ton of what you'd call like Major League Baseball, top end, flash talent, but they just kind of go out there like a metronome and they just grind on people. And they just they grind in, in Tennessee. They just, they waited for the Vols to make mistakes. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I saw that series. And yeah, I, I saw exactly what you said. They, they just made mistakes and they took advantage of mistakes. I want to say this, Tony. Yeah. Um, you know, I, this, you know, people can take this however they want. I'm not being judgmental at all, but I think the way Coach Fatello has handled this year's team, you know, as you know, as you know, because I know you talk to him a lot, he's a fiery, competitive guy. Okay. That's, he, he, he just, he shows that. I think the way he's handled this team and more of a calmness, I see it in his interviews after games, I see it in his posture in the dugout, I think that's going to bode well for this team as they go down this stretch. I think he's he's done a fabulous job with this team. It didn't start out like they expected it. Well, I say as they expected it, who was expecting it? Was it the fan base? Was it the national media coming off maybe one of the better teams that's come through college baseball? that came up short last year, and they struggled early trying to find their niche, and I thought he kept things in a great place, and which has allowed this team to get to where it's at now. You know, in the transfer era, and, and I don't know what to make of this in all these sports, but particularly in baseball, which is such a chemistry game, um, I just think that this thing was really challenging, has been challenging for the coaching staff because – it's taken a while for those personalities to mesh. You don't have to like each other, you know. To I mean, the old Oakland A's teams in the in the seventies show you that, and down through the years, you don't have to like each other, you know. And and I think there's a, I think there's been a little bit of that, you know, with the NIL, and I think there's been a, and I just speak frankly, you know, on here, so we don't we don't pretend. I think that's been tough, and and I think that's part of the reason why you've seen Tony not be as demonstrative because i asked him about that on the air because there were a couple games where you know they they dropped a couple pop-ups in a game and he just stood Uh there he just stood there and i Uh said how do you do that and he said well down through the years down through the years i i learned i'm i just sit there and hold my breath basically is what Uh he said because i'm he said what am i going to add to that these guys know what they just did but it's it's difficult in this transfer era. It's almost like these teams don't develop a chemistry till this point in the year. It's, it's it's really changed the game, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. 
it has because it, it's almost like uh, every player is trying to market himself. Um, and I've always said you get a lot more. You get a lot more when the team is successful. I think you get more guys drafted. You get more guys notoriety. Um, but I think in this era, if everyone's trying to market themselves because they know they could become a free agent at the end of the year and what, That's right. what it's going to be for them. Yeah. I know, I know for myself, um, as I sit from the sideline now, I wonder how I'd handle this. Um, not only are you trying to build chemistry with NIL guys and let's be honest, Tennessee got really good NIL, uh, got really good transfer portal guys. Yeah. But not only are you trying to build that chemistry, but you're also trying to keep the chemistry within your own guys hard. and keep them happy yeah. because they could easily come to you at the end of their season and say, I'm entering the portal. Yes. And so it has become very difficult to, to probably be in a leadership role because not only are you trying to get guys acquainted with your team, you're trying to keep guys happy within your team. And at the end of the day, there's about nine guys that are happy each game, and that's the nine guys that are in the lineup or that are playing at that time. Dave Serrano, you're a gentleman and a scholar. Will the Vols play well today, in your humble opinion? Will they win today's game? Yeah, I do. I, I think they will. Um, you know, they got Seth Alverson going on the mound, and there's not many there's not many programs that, after a weekend series, could throw a guy out there that was a Friday guy in the SEC a couple of years ago. Um, uh, Art, I mean, I know uh, Texas A&M is throwing a left-hander that has a, a pretty big ERA, um, but you know. I think Texas A&M is a perfect team for them to play. I think they kind of stumbled towards the end. Um, but I think they will play good today. Uh, I have all the confidence in the world. But, again, I want to say this, and I don't want ball fans to get upset when I say this. I don't think, except for maybe if they could play three games and win two um, along the way, I don't think it's real important for them to, to, to go the whole way. I think when I look back to last year, uh, as good as that team was, I think, playing all the way to Sunday and going through that. It's going to be hot down in Hoover. I think it could have had an impact at the end of last season. I think a couple wins will help their um, strength of getting a home series. But I think when it it comes said and done, when we start this regionals and super regionals, and I know I said it last year because they were the best team last year, so it's easy to say, I really believe when it's all said and done that, that Tennessee has a chance to be the last team standing. And I think Part of that is due to um, what they're doing on the on the mound and what they're able to create with the amount of depth that they have, of not just depth, but really, really quality depth. And I, I saw where people um, made comments, well, their pitching hasn't been good. Well, you just look at their numbers, their pitching is very good because they play in a very good league with very good hitters, and for the most part, they've shut a lot of teams down. Yes, they've given up their home runs. Yes, they've had some bad innings, but again, you show me another pitching staff that's been as consistent from day one to where we're at today around the country, and I don't think you can find that. Dave Serrano, you're the man, brother. I'll be in touch. Okay, guys. Thank you so much. Much love to you. The great Dave Serrano, he said a couple things that were really interesting there. First of all, I didn't realize the scheduling was done that far in advance in the non-league, which is something to drill down on with Tony because they're going to have to obviously – I don't want to say get better at that, but get better at that is the first term that comes to mind uh, now that this thing has grown. The second thing, Matt, is something you were saying earlier, and he said it, and I'm just going to put it in plain terms. You don't want to go into this tournament and be there and get out too quickly 
and you don't want to stay too long. Now, I don't know how if our fan base is receptive to that, Matt. I'm with Dave Serrano. Win your two games and then set up your pitching. And if you want to win three games, win three games. But for God's sakes, don't last till Sunday. He's right, Matt. No, yeah, no, exactly. I, I, I think there's a lot of truth in that. Um, obviously, each team, is, you know, kind of a different approach to it. And so, some years you actually need to win games. You know, there's a few teams like like A and M who probably need to win a few games to to get in the tournament. But you know, with Tennessee, they're almost certainly not a. They couldn't be a top eight national seed if, even if they won the thing. Um, and they they'll have to have some help to be a six to be one of the hosts. Um, because they'll have to pass an SEC team or two to do that because a lot of this is kind of politicking and, and they do a lot of it geographically with, with the hosts. Um, I think a lot of, a lot of fans have, will, will realize, you know, like they don't, they don't want 12 hosts to be 12 of the 16 to be from just the SEC and ACC, even though that could probably be. should be the case if you go by resumes. Yeah, that's right. You got to spread you know, it around. It would help. It would help if Alabama and Auburn both lost today, and if Tennessee, of course, were to win. You know, I hate to say this, that Alabama team, Dave's got a really good point, because they played really well since that thing happened. How would you like to wake up in the morning? And we haven't really discussed this, okay? But the thought occurred to me when he said, man, you know, they're on a little bit of a heater here. How would you guys like to wake up and see that your coach, your head coach, betted against you? for real money how would that make you feel how would that make you feel if you were the kid that pitched that night or you were that kid's family now i realize that those guys you know quote unquote wear the enemy uniform but let's let's just be human beings here that's a great story if that alabama team goes from here and goes on a great run matt that's a great story even though we're supposed to hate alabama their coach basically Judas them. Isn't that what happened, Matt? Or am I missing something? Uh, yeah, it, yeah, and I, it, it might go deeper than. I mean, it might be some of his decisions um, in game. With, exactly. With pitching, might have been affected by that as well, which I think would be really interesting if if that ever comes out or, or how that goes. But it. It's really cra- it's almost like a a real life version of of the movie Major League with the Cleveland Indians. Mm-hmm. They're, they're trying to tank on purpose to move, and the coach is trying to like lose games on purpose. It feels like like it's and then it's kind of like a real life version of that in a way. I mean, I can't imagine. I like I said the other day uh, when that not the other day, a few weeks back when that happened. Imagine if that would have happened in college football. Because the truth about college baseball is is that we love it here. It's a regional thing, and that's fine. You know, NASCAR was a regional thing, and it was really cool. It was a lot cooler when it was a regional thing, quite frankly. It had a lot more soul to it. And this college baseball thing does have a lot of soul to it because it's something that people in these parts love. And that's pretty next level, if you ask me. Imagine if that would have been a Southeastern Conference football team with a head coach that said, you know, I'm a little jammed up. I got a little gambling issue. Whatever issue you have. But uh, let's go three large on my, on my uh, against my team this weekend. We'd still be talking about it. That thing barely 
made a ripple across the country, Brian. A head coach betting against his own team. Now, Caught on they, surveillance, they make by a the run, way. If they make a deep run to Omaha, I bet yeah. you that somebody will pick up on it. Yeah, you know, no question. a lot more. No question. No, no qu- In a lot of ways, if you're Greg Sankey, you want them off the stage. <laughs> Think about it. In a lot of ways, if you're him, if a call is close today, that might be the one Alabama team, uh, Matt, that doesn't get doesn't get the whistle. If you know what I mean. Well, the thing's in Hoover, so uh, yeah, get, good luck with that. Didn't uh, we get hosed a couple years ago against them? Again, yes, and we then did. came yeah, back we, and run the next off. day. Yes. Yeah, we had, we got screwed. I guess the Cogs World Series here in the opening game down there. And we came back and ripped them limb from limb, didn't we? Yeah, we yeah, we we came yeah, we came out and run rolled them and that that's the year we made it to the title game and lost to Arkansas, which is but you you know, kinda of going what you said, that's the worst like the worst case scenario is to play the maximum number of games yep. possible but not win the thing. And Arkansas, you know, and Arkansas be burned themselves up. Wait a second. Didn't Arkansas burn themselves up? Because they didn't even get out of their regional, did they? Kevin, what you, they got well, out of the they regional. Got out of, they, they got out of the regional. regional. They, yeah, they lost the Super. But they were shaky in it. That's it right. They were shaky in that. That's better. what I remember. They were down to somebody earlier. They lost a game early, got blown out in one of those games. They, they were the, shaky, yeah. The four, the, yeah, the four seed in their regional gave them like a really competitive That's game. That's what it was. And had the lead on them in the middle innings. That's what it was. 865-200-5402. Go ahead, Bri. I want to make a point. Should, shouldn't this be a single elimination event, the way softball is? Probably. Well, hope, hopefully, when Oklahoma and Texas come in the league, they just make it a single elimination. Every team's every team shows up and gets in gets in. Yeah, it. you could do that with fourteen teams. Just make it yeah. single elimination. Yeah, speed. Yeah, that would make more sense. Speaking. You, you wouldn't have. You could. Speaking play. of Oklahoma and Texas, SEC Mike is saying maybe not so fast on this three plus six scheduling model. In fact. You might have, and thank you, Dave Serrano, for appearing on the TLD Logistics Hotline because that is exactly where we're going next with SEC Miguel, SEC Mike himself, who's saying that there's a move afoot and some power players are perhaps involved in this to have a 7 plus 1 scheduling model. Or a, let me say, one plus seven. One permanent, seven rotators. Tony, that only equals eight. I mean, I, I, I know. You're going to keep it at eight league games? When you have a 16-team leave it to the Southeastern Conference if that occurs. And Matt, for the record, you're going to say on the record right now that you're not going to rule that out. That doesn't sound like fantasy to you. That that could be in play right now. You're not ruling that out, Matt. Uh, no, not at all. I, okay. I think it's it's definitely on the table. Probably still not likely, but definitely on the table. One thing I've learned about these guys and gals, I don't trust a damn one of them. No offense to them when it comes to doing the right thing. Spike Lee, a Michael Scott joint. As we continue with more, hour two after this. 
This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can always count on us for a great selection of late model, low mileage, one owner vehicles. All have been thoroughly inspected and are ready to go. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Looking to sell your vehicle? Great news! We're paying top dollar for your trade. All makes, all models, and in any condition. Trade in and trade up today. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can count on us. Hi, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. When you think of diamonds, what do you think of? Rare, precious, timeless, sparkles like the sun. They are timeless and nothing like them on earth. Then do you think, where do I buy local to buy the perfect ring? Maybe a diamond pendant or earrings or maybe a new diamond band. Look no further. Tillis Jewelry carries all your diamond and jewelry needs. Stop by and see our wonderful collection. And remember, if you don't know your diamonds, know your jeweler. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Barrett's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Barrett and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood. Along with the award-winning service and advice, Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. 
Each week on History's Hook, we'll be bringing you interesting and informative stories from the past in an effort to connect the history in our own backyard to the big events that compose national and world history. I'm your host, Tom Price. This is not your high school history class. We're going to make history fun and compelling. We're going to get you hooked. History's Hook with your host, Tom Price, Saturdays at 9 a.m. and 6 p.m. right here on WKOM 101.7 FM Front Porch Radio. Join us for a journey through time. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. TB, back with you. This guy here is, um, you know, I met him when he was just sort of, I I don't know, doing his thing, kind of like me, and now he's all blowed up. He's all blowed up. SEC Mike, I I couldn't figure out a way to make him work on our... uh, on our Skypes, and now he joins on your TLD Logistics hotline, online, tldlogistics.com. SEC Mike and his cuzzo getting it done each and every day. Your latest offering, SEC Mike, I find to be wholeheartedly interesting as I welcome you in and back to our Tony Basilio show and the thousands and thousands and thousands of listeners. And, Matt, what was your observation about our number one when we went off the air regarding uh, the promotion of SEC Mike? Matt Dixon, what was your observation? Matt Mike like this. I'm, I'm just glad that, that he's still coming on air with you now that he's gone bit, now that he's gone kind of national and gone, gone big time. And he said, and Matt asked me during one of our breaks, he said, how many times do you plan on saying his name, Tony? I pumped you up today, SEC Mike. That's the point here, brother. Well, I I certainly uh, appreciate all the kind of words, Tony, but uh, in my mind, you're still significantly a bigger star and and someone that I've always looked up to. Stop. But let's fluff each other. We'll do that off the air. SEC Mike, talk to me here. In your latest installment, you say, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but this plus three model that everybody seems to think the league is married to, you're doing a not-so-fast, my friend, on that. Lay that on me if you can. What you're hearing uh, will be discussed and, and you think is going to be on the table when these guys convene next week. Right, so we've got the Destin meetings coming up, spring meetings. It's going to be a little bit over a week from now. And the anticipation for months and months and maybe even a year is the SEC moving to a nine-game SEC schedule. Six rotating, three permanent. But as I understand it, and this is coming from many, many people that I've talked to, I don't think they can come to an agreement. And I think they're going to stay at eight conference games now. They're not sticking with divisions, but what they'll do is they'll have one permanent rival and seven rotating. So every SEC team, Texas and Oklahoma included, will get to play each other every other year and a home-and-home every four years like we all want. But I don't know, Tony. I mean, I don't understand this, and it really comes down to money is the critical issue, and the SEC not – determining what to do with uh, currently right now there's a rule in your four non-conference you have to play one power five opponent you have to do that and they have not determined whether to do away with that 
which would possibly mean the end of, of games like Kentucky, Louisville, Florida, Florida State, Clemson, South Carolina. But it doesn't have to. It's just we all know Kentucky. They don't want to play a difficult schedule, so they, they're not going to keep playing Louisville, even though they're garbage, uh, if they have to pick up an ex, extra SEC game. So from your perspective, and I'm just um, I, I'm just asking for a friend or several thousand who happen to be listening, from your perspective, uh, when you look at this thing right now, why? Why would they move away from the 3 plus 6, which makes such great sense? What are some of the impediments there that would keep them from doing that? If In fact, that is what happens. Well, the biggest thing, Tony, and I hate to say it, but, I mean, it's just true of our world. It's true of college sports. It's true of everything. It's money. And ESPN, um, ABC, Disney, whatever you want to call that entity, they purchased the rights to SEC football starting in 2024 when we'd go to the, new, the this new scheduling format. That was ironed out before there was discussions of nine conference games. That was before Texas and Oklahoma came into the conference. So uh, the SEC is looking at Disney, ESPN, and saying, well, We've got better product now. We want more. We want to give you an extra game. We want more money. And because there's there's only one partner to deal with here, I don't think the money's there. That's that's I think that's the biggest impediment, and that is the downside of having all your games on one network to where, you know, in years past, it's Disney, ESPN, and it's CBS. And they can kind of, uh, you know, have negotiations on, on who gets what games and all that, but with it all being under one umbrella, it's it's exactly the same right now, Tony, as the ACC, and they're bickering right now. They are locked into that contract with ESPN, and ESPN saying, why will we give you more money when we got you locked into 2036? And that is kind of the corner that the SEC has painted itself in, going all in on ESPN Disney, is they've got the games, so why would they give them more even though uh, you know the league is significantly getting stronger with Texas and Oklahoma coming on board. Wow. So in other words, if if you want nine league games, because you're paying for eight, and we mm-hmm. didn't in the new deal, we didn't guarantee you nine. That's your understanding, right? They didn't guarantee them nine. So so right. why would I why would I give you more inventory if you're not going to give me more money? That's uh. You know, in a, in a way, you can almost see the SEC side of this, especially if it's all about greed and it's not about doing the right thing. Right. And, and again, also before Texas and Oklahoma are coming. So, I mean, we're, we're potentially selling Texas at Alabama. We're selling Georgia at Oklahoma. We're selling LSU at Texas, on and on and on. I mean, these are... Tony, these are college football playoff games that are going to be in the regular season of the SEC here in the years to come. And I, I, I understand the SEC's point, I certainly do, that uh, you know that's worth a lot more than what they've currently negotiated. But again, because there's no other partner, it's, it's a difficult, they're in a difficult spot here. So they need to get this ironed out. But I, I have to say with all of this, they're going to vote on this in a week. So deadlines action, Tony. That's that's a thing that uh, a guy much smarter than I once said, but uh, the deadline's coming up pretty quick, 
and maybe they can iron something out. Maybe they're just putting all this out there so that to let everybody know, hey, we're going to go to eight unless we get this solved. And uh, maybe in a week's time, the ESPN says here's an extra hundred million or whatever it would cost. I don't, I have no idea what it would cost, but maybe they get that ironed out. Maybe they get it ironed out to where they'll they'll drop the the Power Five non-conference game that every SEC team has to play. And if that happens, maybe we will get to a nine-game schedule. But uh, we're we're about a little over a week from finding out if that's going to happen or not. That's another little nugget that you guys touched on is the concept of uh, the Power 5 requirement. If you could unpack that. Right. So right now, obviously, all SEC teams, they got to play eight games, and then they have four non-conference. But at least one of those has to be a Power 5 matchup. So, uh, And really, that's in there, I think, because they're probably terrified. Ole Miss and Mississippi State, they, they'd sign four Jackson States if they could. But because Florida's playing Florida State, South Carolina plays Clemson, Kentucky plays Louisville, and, and on and on and on, uh, you know, we have to kind of keep the schedules a little balanced. So those are kind of roadblocks, and I do not want to see those games go away, certainly. But, uh, again, I, I want to see it go to a nine game, and I think, that's too bad for South Carolina that they got to face Clemson. They could drop that game. I, again, I think it hurts college football if those games go away. But uh, I think they should man up. I mean, if you want to be in the SEC, you want to play with the best of the best, uh, I don't want to hear it about why you want to play Akron, Northern Illinois, in four schools just like that, just to just to potentially make a bowl trip like uh, Kentucky does every year. I think, I think that's disgraceful considering the money that they get to uh, field a football program. SEC Michael Bratton breaking it down scientifically, uh, and I will let him tell you momentarily where you can hear his podcast. His latest offerings regarding the scheduling is extremely interesting, um, and the potential scenarios that exist and the reasons why, as we're unpacking them today on your Tony Basilio show with him. And, Mike, I... I look at this thing and I kind of say, well, I, I, can, I can see what the league is thinking, but the nine-game schedule is just good for the game. You believe, I'm not going to put words in your mouth here because it sounds like you've said this a couple times now. If they play nine, your belief is we would see Florida, Florida State, Clemson, South Carolina, these inter-conference matchups, you think they would go away if they went to nine? Is that what you hear? Well, no, I wouldn't go that far, Tony, but I just hear that teams like South Carolina does not want to go to nine. So if they're forced to go to nine, would they drop Clemson? I mean, there, there would be a ton of pressure in that state to play that game. And, again, I think they should continue to play it, but it's just left me to wonder I mean, at some point they're going to say, "All right, enough's enough. We, you know, we we have to make this as easy as we can." Well, easy is not the right word playing nine SEC games, but we have to make the rest of the schedule as manageable as possible. So I could certainly see it. And given Kentucky's track record, I think they would certainly attempt to drop the Louisville game if they had to play nine games. But this—that's just me speculating. I don't know that for a fact. I don't think they've gone that far down the road. I think they should still play those games. I don't think 
there there's a valid reason other than we want the schedule to be as easy as it possibly can if we got to play nine games. But it's it's just a trick. It's a fine line to walk down because certainly if they do away with the you have to play a power five team at a conference, teams like Ole Miss, Mississippi State, they're not playing a big power five matchup. They're they're just not. So yeah, they're going to cheat. Yeah, it, it'll it'll create a little bit of an imbalance. But I will say this, Tony, and this is also something that I hit on on my show that SEC podcast. If we Stay at eight. I mean, I think the biggest winner is Tennessee, far and away. And I'll tell you why, because you drop Alabama annually. They were probably already going to drop Georgia annually, but who are they going to get? They're going to get Vanderbilt. And I don't think that's fair to Florida, who's going to have to play Georgia every year. I don't think that's fair to Auburn, who's going to have to play Alabama every year. So if they stick at eight, I think they're creating somewhat of an imbalanced schedule. I realize the other seven are going to be tough, always going to be tough. But if Tennessee catches Vanderbilt, which surely they would, considering their in-state opponents there, um, I mean, every year Tennessee is going to have a slight advantage, which I don't feel like is right. When we go to this new scheduling format, we need to do away with, you know, favoring one team and hurting another. That's just my opinion. A Matt, a seven and one. In other words, one permanent opponent is Vanderbilt for the Vols. Would that create an advantage for the Vols going forward? Do you agree with Mike there? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, historically, Vandy's the the worst worst team in the league, so you know that would benefit Tennessee. But more, more than playing Vandy, it's get, getting Florida, Georgia, and Alabama off your schedule every year is is a huge advantage to Tennessee. I mean, that's, you know, t- Tennessee and Auburn are the only ones that, that play BAM in Georgia every year, and that's that's a disadvantage right now to both of those teams. And, get, you know, getting getting those games off your schedule would be, I mean, that would be huge for Tennessee, That much more than, than being able to play Vanderbilt every year. Um, it's getting getting rid of those other other teams every year every year as, as permanent opponents. That's that's huge. So as a Tennessee fan, should we want this, Matt? Should we should we advocate and cheer for the for the one plus I, seven? I, I just that's that's the identity. Playing Alabama every year is Tennessee's identity. Yeah well, why can't they, could could they not do two permanent opponents with with the eight game league schedule? Or I how how has that been talked about at all, Mike? Is that on the table? No, no, it, it, it has to be three or one, the way just working out the numbers, because there's 16 teams, and obviously you take Tennessee out of that, so there's 15. So you have to get to, you have to, get to 15, and the way you do that is one permanent and rotating seven and seven, or three permanents and rotating six and six. It's, it's just a pure numbers game. If you did two, um, yeah, I mean, it just it just would not work out. It, would, well it really it imbalanced the schedule even more. Yeah, right. Wow, that's really interesting. So, so they so so you hear they haven't arrived at this arbitrarily. Three or one makes the math work so that you can play. The goal is to what go through the league every two years. Is that kind of the goal here? Yes, every every other year you play the entire SEC, and every four years you play every stadium essentially in the SEC. If you're Tennessee, say so. Um, I mean, it's it 
that's the way they need to do it. They've got to make it more balanced. They've got, I mean, it's a travesty. Uh, Cousin Shade on the show, I mean, he said, how great was that Tennessee Ole Miss game a couple years ago? We were there. Stadium was electric. Lane Kiffin coming back to Neyland Stadium. The way we do it now, hey, we hope Josh Heupel's at Tennessee forever, right? But the way they do it now, Josh Heupel may not even be the coach the next time Lane Kiffin comes to to Neyland Stadium and Ole Miss. It, it's it's ridiculous. Now, if in this new model, they'll be playing Ole Miss every other year, and they'll they'll host them every four. So, I mean, it's the only way to do it. And I, I love SEC. I'm the biggest SEC homer in the world, but the the biggest problem I have with the SEC is the current scheduling. It's just idiotic. It's it's like these teams are not even in the same conference. And uh, thankfully, we're going to be fixing this one way or another. So you're saying the SEC really could stay at eight? I think they will, based on everything I'm told. Now, again, this has not been voted on. That's that's going to be taking place next week, and they'll let us know. But they've been kicking this ball down the road and down the road and down the road, and, and we are a little over a week. They're going to vote a, a week from Friday is when they vote, I believe. And these things are unresolved. So can they get them resolved in time? We'll see. Again, maybe they're, maybe they're putting this stuff out there to, to have these conversations. And people get upset and people wonder what in the heck we're thinking. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I mean, things have to change for us to get this nine-game schedule that we've, we've kind of all thought was a guarantee. Could they do three plus five or would it have to be three plus six? If they go to, um, I mean, they could stay at eight out of three plus five, couldn't they? Um, have you thought about that? No, I don't. I don't believe that they could do that. No. Okay. It's. I mean, it's really interesting to consider. It's. It, it involves math and logistics, which, which is not my strong suit. No, these are two things that. Yeah, these are two things that kind of bend my brain. I just want to see better football games and more of them, and I don't want to see weekends that are lost, like penultimate week of the year. Mm-hmm. Where the 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 best conference in the country just basically takes the week off, except for two games, and you have a bunch of directional schools. And one thing I assumed is when they laid in bed with with uh, ESPN and their dysfunctional family of networks, I would have thought that that would all disappear. You're telling me that there's there's very much a move afoot to stay at eight games, and if that happens. These guys are gonna and gals are gonna continue to violate fans. That's what you're doing mm-hmm. when you have when you have bad matchups and you're you're throwing mismatches out there. And the only thing worth watching is if I'm gambling on a game and whether or not you cover the spread. That's not competition. That's not why we watch sports. Right, and consider this, Tony. The way it, it's worked out now. I believe Alabama is set to face, I think it's five teams that project to be in the top 25, and Georgia faces one team with the over-under win total over seven. So, I mean, it's it's ridiculously unbalanced. Uh, I, again, I don't cry for Alabama, but how does Alabama have to go through that gauntlet while Georgia, essentially, they have to come to Tennessee and to Auburn, which is in a rebuild. I mean, that those are potentially their toughest games. Kentucky at home, maybe. 
Ole Miss at home, maybe. Uh, I mean, this, it's a joke. And I'm not knocking Georgia, but down through the years, they've been one of the great violators of not playing anybody. So if you're a Georgia football fan, wear that with honor, wear that with distinction. You, you didn't play West than Mississippi for forever until you went out one night and played a game somewhere. I forget where that game. Brian, do you remember they played a Saturday night game one year? And they were like, this is their first chance, first game West of Mississippi. I'm like, what? You're a major I conference think it football made program? Been, it might have been Arizona State it was or Oklahoma Arizona State. State. One of it those was two, maybe both of them. It was Arizona State on a Saturday night. <laughs> it was like 10 years ago. And I'm like, are you kidding me? But that's been their that's been their lot in life. This year, their schedule's embarrassing. I mean, if you're a Georgia fan, why bother? T- tune the thing in, tune in the SEC championship game, and watch the playoffs because you're going to be in them. SEC Mike, tell the living listener how they can interact with you daily. You're constantly dropping content. You're an animal. I appreciate it, Tony. Yeah, that SEC podcast available on all podcast platforms. Spotify, Apple, on and on and on. It's the highest-rated SEC show on Apple and Spotify. We've got the YouTube channel, over 10,000 subscribers on YouTube, thatsecpodcast.com. Or just search SEC Mike, and uh, I'm all over the place, like Tony said. It started with a dream. I knew you when, brother. I'm happy for you. I'm just trying to be like you, Tony. I'm happy for you, brother. Keep doing what you're doing. Thanks, for, Tony. I really appreciate it. Hey, thank you for answering the bell today. Yes, sir. Great Anytime you need me, I'm here. You got it, brother. The great SEC, Mike, and likewise. Matt, you believe what he just – I mean, I don't doubt any of that. You're not going to give us any more money? We're playing eight games. I'm not giving my inventory away for nothing. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, it, it does, if, you know, kind of – Getting every bit you can. I I I, I do kind of wonder because it seems like all this came out right after the the Big Ten's negotiations. All this stuff came out about Kevin Warren kind of publicly strong arming and and having publicly saying that their deals were actually a lot better than they really are. I wonder how much that plays into the SEC here. And I do think there's some negotiating that this is kind of some leverage that the SEC is kind of using. Um, against ESPN to to try to get this, you know, get ESPN to cough up a little bit more money. I, I think that's probably in play here. It's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, how I I, um, I really just can't imagine not playing Georgia or Florida or Alabama every year. But I wonder if they'll eventually cough up the money to get a ninth game, and you can keep those teams on the schedule. Because it's become too far, too much part of the identity of the program, and playing those teams both ways—that's a good point. Too Brian. much, too much of a fabric of what, what we do and what we. I mean, everyone plans around those games every year. I mean, they're the big three games on the schedule. You're exactly you can't right. not play them. You got to play them every year. You got to make it happen somehow. And I don't, I don't care how they do it. They just need to do it. They're not going to play Georgia or Florida every year. Period. Like that wouldn't be one of their permanent opponents, regardless. But it should be. It definitely should be. If they go to the yeah, one soapbox done, if they go to play that, the hardest damn schedule in the league every year, well, Brian, that's our identity. Our identity is is uh, mutilating us. Why not add LSU to that too? How about Matt clapping at you, Brian? Do you like getting clapped at, Brian? 
it's part of what we do here. If everybody agrees. <laughs> it's part of what Matt does. It. It's part of what Matt does. I know that. Well, hey, well, Brian, Brian wants that strength of schedule to be up there at the top, which most years it is for Tennessee. Well, and ain't that the truth? But I will say this: it is without a doubt an absolutely incredible. And I mean an incredible day. The weather is so nice. It's so nice this week. It's nice and warm. And we've got some irony going on because while we're down in Birmingham, Birmingham is up in beautiful Kodak, home of my Tennessee Smokies. And Lindsay joins me now. Lindsay Quaypasa, how are you doing? It's always good to talk to you. I am good. How are you? It is, uh, without a doubt, an incredible day to be alive and well, and we are home all week. Tell me about it. We are. So we're kicking off our homestand tonight. We're at the stadium right now, and as you said, it is a beautiful day. So we're kicking off our series tonight against Birmingham, and we've got a lot going on. Tonight we have our kids run the bases after the game. We always love getting that out on the field, getting to run around. And then tomorrow we have our All-You-Can-Eat Wednesday, and that's in our Yeehaw at the Yard outfield group area. We have All-You-Can-Eat. And then Thursday, we have Thirsty Thursday, just like always, the $3 20-ounce beer presented by Coors Light, which is an amazing deal for anyone who comes. And then this weekend, we've got a lot. Friday is World Redhead Night, so we are doing a red out for the stadium so all fans are wearing red the staff is wearing red our players are wearing a red hat we're going all red for world redhead night what is that I mean, is that is there like something declared around the world that it's redhead night or have you guys just done that no it's like a national like world holiday because i'm married to a beautiful red-haired girl with a really with a really brutal temper um <laughs> she's really sweet right but it's like a volcano <laughs> like, Matt, are you like that as a red-haired individual? When y'all get mad, y'all snap. I mean, snap. She throws things. <laughs> Matt Dixon? Good good for her. I'd, I'd probably throw a bunch of stuff at you, too, if I was married. Well, well I didn't say she'd throw them at me. Now, you went and, uh, you went and, and uh, well, she has thrown a few things at me in the past. Okay. Lindsay... Before I get back into my into my domestic situation here, which is mostly blissful, at least on my end, World Red say that again. And when is World Redhead Night? And what are we doing or day? And what are we doing for that? World Redhead Night. It's this Friday, May twenty sixth, and we're just going all red in the stadium. So we want all of our fans to wear red. There's going to be discounts in our merchandise store on all of our solid red items. Anything red, we're celebrating it. So we're trying to really just go all what, red. All red. We're just going for it. Yep. Going all for red. It all the way. Um, Saturday. Yep. Let, so then Saturday we have Margaritaville night presented by Casey's, and that is one of our fan favorites. Mm-hmm. We always love doing that. The island theme, and we have our first giveaway of the season, which is our beach hat giveaway presented by Hampton Inn and Sweep, and it is such a cool hat. It's one of those, like, straw hats that 
very round and goes covers your entire head. It's got the Smokies logo on it. It's the perfect hat for summer. You could wear it on the boat, on, at the lake, on the beach, anything. It is absolutely perfect. You're firing me up, focusing me and preparing me right now, Lindsay. You're bringing it to the table on here. <laughs> Got to get people to come, right? I love your juice. Fans. Yeah. So the first 1,000 fans receive that hat for, yep. say that one more for time. Mar- What's the theme? For Margaritaville Night. It's our beach hat giveaway. So the first 1,000 fans are going to be getting that beach hat. And get well soon, Jimmy Buffett, who's had some yeah. uh, health issues. Uh, yeah. And so we're home all week. Uh, yeah, we've got that. Yeah. And then we also have a live band that will be here, the Very Jolly Island Band. They've been here for a couple years now, and they are always phenomenal. They're doing a pregame and a postgame concert. Wow. So we've got live music pretty much all night. They're going to go from 5.30 to 6.30 before the game. And then after the game, we're going to have an island-themed fireworks show. And then the concert starts right back up again. The dues to them. Now, let me ask you this. Do you have, because you're, you're younger than I am, do you have a favorite Jimmy Buffett song? It's got to be It's 5 O'Clock Somewhere. How about you? Such a classic. So mine is Come Monday. It'll be <laughs> all right. Come, mo- one Come Monday just uh, it tugs at my heartstrings. Um, it's got a great lyric in it, too. It says, I spent four lonely days in this brown L.A. haze, and I just want you back in my life. It's, uh, it tugs at me every time I hear it. You guys are home through Monday. The weather's going to be excellent. Great opportunity for folks to get out. And how do they learn more information, Lindsay? How do they, where is all the information to be found here? You can visit us at SmokiesBaseball.com, or you can find us on pretty much every social media platform at Smokies Baseball. You are greatly appreciated. Anything else you'd care to add here on the way out? That pretty much sums up. We do have our special Memorial Day game next Monday, as you had said. We are continuing our home stance with our only Monday game of the season. And we're going to do a patriotic-themed fireworks show and just celebrate Memorial Day here at the ballpark. Baseball and America fits together like a hand in glove, and I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Lindsay, gosh, she's wonderful. Absolutely knocked it out today. You know, Brian Harris needs to take some lessons from her. Have you thought about that? Did that thought occur to you? Yeah, maybe Harris needs to uh, switch his allegiances to her favorite NBA team, whoever that might be. I think she's a Celtic fan, his, his isn't doing isn't going so well for him. So we burned it up on the TLD Logistics hotline today, online at tldlogistics.com. In fact, we haven't taken a call. Now, this news of the SEC potentially going to an eight-game schedule instead of nine is um, what's well, interesting to talk about. And SEC Mike talks to people. He does a podcast every day around the league, so he talks to people. Which I like about him, by the way, and he's not—he's not an SEC uh, butt kisser either. So, even though he deals in the league, like he was dragging Kentucky's schedule, which is true, Kentucky schedules wins, and then they talk about their bowl appearances, and that's—that's that's okay. I would do the same thing if I were them. If you leave these people alone to their own devices, they're going to play an eight-game schedule, and these coaches all want cupcake wins. These coaches do not want. 
that three deal, Matt, the three plus, and play nine league games. You know coaches don't want that, Matt. Coaches don't want to get fired. Josh Heupel, if you were to say to him, do you, would you rather play three or play one and your one is Vanderbilt? What do you think his answer is, Matt? I Probably the one being Vanderbilt. But even, again, even going to just the three, that is a huge benefit to Tennessee, so it'll feel good either way. Yep. Because we've been, we've literally have been yoked around our necks with a 1,000 pounds before the season even starts when you look at the schedule versus who some of their teams in the league play. I mean, look at Georgia's schedule. Look at Tennessee's schedule annually. Just go through it. Pick a year. And listen, Georgia fans, I'm not hating on you. I mean, you guys are the gold standard of the of the, uh, of the deal right now. But you don't play anybody. You don't play anybody. And you don't seek competition either. That's the other thing about Georgia, Matt. You see Georgia out there going out there and scheduling games against uh, the hyper elite the way Alabama has done in recent years. Do you see Georgia doing that, Matt? Uh, no. No. Maybe I missed it. No. I don't know. They had that home and home with Notre Dame, which they made a huge deal about because that was their biggest non-conference game in, you know, like a generation. Yeah. I mean, God, you used to play Notre Dame. Tennessee did that several times, you clowns. You, you, you played at Notre Dame? I mean, what do you want? You want a cookie? You want a treat? I better not say that too much. My dog will, My dog's probably up there with their ears doing that head tilt thing they do. Let's go there. We get a text from Andy Loy later. They are leg humpers. They They probably do want treats. Andy Loy, Brian, can deal with the reality of what I'm saying on here. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? He's a bigger guy than him. He played there, but their schedule's embarrassing. And this year, if I'm a fan of their team, I'm going, why don't we play somebody in the non-league? Challenge ourselves. Speaking of Georgia, they trail South Carolina 5 nothing in the bottom of the seventh inning. I'll tell you what. Y'all can laugh at this. If I was Tennessee, I tried to poach that freshman off that roster, Matt. If I was Tony Valls, I'd be down there meeting that kid at the gate today when they walk off the field. I'd do it right in front of everybody. <laughs> yeah, it won't, won't be any issues with that after, getting, after being suspended earlier this year for tampering. Can he play, in your opinion, uh, Yes, he's outstanding SEC freshman of the year. I, I, th- I think uh, with the coaching change likely happening at Georgia, I, there's a pretty decent chance he's in the portal and Boom. might be the top. He, he might be the Tommy White of of this year's portal. Would you pay him if you were you were us? Would you pay him what you'd pay two kids to get him here? Maybe three. Imagine how fantastic he'd look in a Tennessee uniform. Oh, I, I, I think he will. There'll be a bidding war for him, yes. TLD Logistics Hotline. I want to thank my friends there online, tldlogistics.com. Matt is going to debut a brand-new TLD Logistics short porch coming up momentarily. Let's go back to our phones, and we'll get our next call in. Let's go back. Let's go back to our phones. For the first time today. And get our next call in. Hello and welcome. I'm my friend's compatriots doing today. What's up, Tom? you show today tony sometimes you just gotta get gas on and that's, that's right great. that's right you know that's right that's right so uh dave serrano fired me up he's a fine man he is and uh 
what we need to have happen today in South Carolina Carolina is not losing, but we need Auburn, Kentucky, and Alabama all to lose because we're in that group. Yeah, I think South Carolina, my understanding is the way they play down well, the stretch, I think they're out of that deal, W. Lynn, unless they make a deep, there's deep one. run. There What's is one problem with both Auburn and Kentucky losing. They both play each other. Uh-oh. Well, yeah, that can't happen. Uh, <laughs> who do we – I don't know who to pull. Auburn's got a better record than us. Yeah, I guess you want Auburn to lose. Alabama. Want, well, you want yeah. Auburn to lose because you've already beaten Kentucky. So that's yeah, that's, that's true. We, their two, credibility. We, we're two and one. Yeah. yeah. Plus, plus they have a tournament they are hosting in their deal, so they'd have to figure out a logistically a way to move that whole thing around. So you want Auburn off that stage, and you want to con- create that problem for Mitch Barnhart in Kentucky. Yes. But the guy, I think I really, the more I think about it, if, if some of these teams lose in the next two days, okay. But if not. I think we need to win three games, and I'm like you, Tony. We don't need to worry about playing on Sunday, but we might need to win three. Yep, win a couple. Two or three, yeah. That's it. But, uh, and then the talk, it, it's interesting about this SEC football talk on the scheduling. Uh, if all these big Power Five guys could get to deal, get together, uh, I would be okay with an eight-game schedule if we played two Power Five non-conference games every year, one home, one away. See, I can't believe SEC would the SEC the, the ESPN people would pay huge, huge money to this conference and the conference turn around and do what they've done, and then let, let them get away with it. I, it was my assumption. That the ninth game was was baked into that, and 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 Mike seems to think that's not the case. No, they want more TV money if we go to nine games. They are some greedy SOBs, man. Yeah, they are. Just and, uh, just instead of just making the game better, we're not just going to make the game better for the sake of making the game better. We want you to pay us to make the game better, and then they're going to turn turn around and bitch and moan about how these kids can't be full-time employees and get benefits. What a bunch of greedy SOBs they are. No offense. And they also know that even if we're playing hoopties at Tennessee or at at Alabama or at LSU, all the season tickets are sold. (laughs) There's going to be 80 to 100,000 there. Now, there might be empty seats, but they know that it it don't matter who the hoopty is, there's going to be a lot of people show up. W. Lynn, I'm convinced Tennessee could release a schedule that consists of eight SEC games and four uh, four, uh, games against one double-A teams, and they would still sell 80,000 season tickets as long as they're playing at a high level because the sheep are going to sheep, and it's, it's here, there, and everywhere. Now, eventually, you're going to burn your fans out if you keep doing that. Eventually. It ought to be illegal to play a one double A school. That I ought agree to be with your that. spring game. I Unle- mean, unless you keep that money in your state and play a team from your state, and yeah. that way you're helping out another program in your state. Otherwise, I just think that's a, I just think that's an absurd uh, sham of competition. And the other sham is Alabama and some of those people play a one double A the eleventh game of the year. That's a dis- absolute and utter disgrace. And that's another thing I cannot yeah. believe that ESPN will pay billions 
for a weekend where there are no competitive games outside of maybe two, two matchups, WN. The penultimate weekend of the year when we should be building drama in this league, and somehow we've gotten away with it. Somehow we've gotten away down through the years with being the conference. While the Big Ten, people can you can do whatever you want to do on the Big Ten. But they're building drama at the end of their schedule, and we're taking a week off. And they're, part of the reason they're building drama, Tony, is most of their stadiums don't fill up with 80,000. No, that's probably they're a count, good point. They're counting on TV eyes up north. Well, my thing is I, I just can't imagine – having grown up in Pennsylvania, going back there this year, spending a lot of time there around Christmas, uh-huh. choosing to go up there when you're from here like a lot of kids do, and it gets dark at 3 o'clock in the afternoon there, and it's freezing. I mean, freezing, <laughs> W. Lynn. It's so depressing. What, a la- a University of Anchorage wasn't available? I mean, geez. Can you imagine going to Wisconsin? How cold and dark it is there. And they they, they start a lot of games at noon, which is eleven a.m. Good night. Exactly. <laughs> That's why people stay at home and watch it on TV. And don't there's only three or four schools that fill stadiums in the Big Ten. W. Lynn, you're the man. Much appreciation. 865-200-5402. We'll get our next call in. Hello and welcome. Hey, Tony. It's Holly. Hey, Holly. Que pasa, amiga? Well, I am just about to Hoover. And oh, that's awesome. And it's not raining. It's sprinkling. It has been bad rain all the way getting here. But um, anyway, I have a question for you guys because I don't understand this and you guys are a lot smarter than I am about it. I heard uh, Coach Serrano, Serrano. Dave Serrano, yep. Yeah. Dave Serrano. And you all have been discussing about how, okay, we got we need to win a couple of games, you know, to better our uh, coaching for a regional. And then he said, I don't want to make ball fans mad, but, you know, we don't even hardly need to, think about playing the championship game. And I don't understand what is it about resting armor or what's the deal about that, of saying it's not necessary, it's no big deal. I mean... Matt, why is Dave Serrano saying that? Speak to Holly. Speak to her sports yep. soul, Matt. Well, I, I think it's you just kind of can burn out your pitching staff uh, and with a quick turnaround with the you know, coming off a, a short, you're already playing on short rest, and you got the the NCAA tournament upcoming. Um, you know, that's a, a, a like a really two week grind, and there's you know you can kind of burn out your pitching and even kind of tire out position players as well. Um, is kind of the line of thinking, and there's a lot of you know kind of a track record of that of, of teams not performing well in Hoover who make deep runs in the NCAA tournament and teams that. You know, the last two teams that have won it in Hoover were the number one overall seeds in the NCAA tournament, and neither of them even got to the College World Series. So there's there's kind of a track record of that. And if I may add, Holly, I think there's a mental grind that would come with going all the way to the championship game that takes a toll on you that you carry into that next weekend. And I, I think these coaches 
If I remember correctly, you guys were telling me this yesterday, but I went back and looked it up. Mississippi State got run ruled a couple times a couple years ago and won the national championship. But one of the things, Matt, it might have been the game against us. They essentially pitched three different pitchers in order just to give guys work. I mean, they treated it like an exhibition. And we were over there celebrating like it was the seventh game of the World Series, and that's fine because somebody has to win, somebody's got to lose. And if you're beating somebody that badly, but they essentially just went out there and said, okay, you're going to get 30 pitches, you're going to get 40, you're going to get 30. Is that what happened, Matt, or am I misremembering that? No, that yeah, that's what happened. I, I believe Tennessee actually walked it off against Landon Sims, who was their closer, who after from that point on was pretty much unhittable. Um, but, no, they treated it with kind of like bullpen sessions for their pitching staff, yeah. So it's a weird thing, Holly. Like, I, I don't know. I, I guess because my guy Jim Peters tells me, Tony, you've never seen anything until you see in the SEC tournament. He said it's in baseball. It's a total celebration of the game. And I guess if you watch it from with that perspective, it sort of helps uh, us to kind of put that in perspective. It's just. I don't know. It's, I mean, I'd always rather be watching any of our volunteer games than not full course. But let me tell you, Hoover is wonderful. I am so excited. It is like American apple pie baseball. Yep. It is the coolest, neatest thing. And I was thinking about how, you know, Coach Patel is always saying he doesn't want to. He doesn't want these seven-inning ball games. He wants to play every minute of every game that yep. he can play. And he's such a competitor. And that's why I just thought, that is so strange. I just don't understand that. And, I, I mean, I do understand when you say the fatigue factor and all that. But uh, I sure want to win the, the SEC tournament. <laughs> I don't know. I can't help it. And then I want to go on and do well, of course in a uh, um, in a regional and so forth and so on. I guess I want it all, like all good ball fans. Well, sure. Hey, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, people get angry when you, and, and you probably were blanching at that yourself, like, hey, what a rule. I'm going down here to this thing. Don't say you, you, you want to see them. Tony, don't talk like that. Listen, I get that. The other side of it, though, is that there's history here which says – when you're Tennessee and you pretty much know your ball club and you know you're in, at, at some point you're banging your head against the wall for no reason. Now, the, I think they need to win a couple games at least to solidify the possibility of perhaps hosting. And, and maybe if you take it from that angle, nothing's guaranteed. So go ahead and get to the final. If you do that, you should, you're Tennessee, you should nail down a host spot. Or even if you get to, what would it be, Saturday? You should be in excellent shape. Um, it'd be fun to watch, though. One way or another, it's going to be fun to watch. It always is when I, I take the field. You can't lose today. I should say, point. Go ahead, Brian. I should say this. The ball doesn't look like it's carrying that much in this pulp, in this big ballpark great. due to the fact that it is raining and kind of cooler. So that's, that's great. something to look out for. That's good for us. So how is that good for us? I want to know that because I'm just about there, and I want to understand – a wet field because I don't understand the grass field. How is that an advantage for us when we're a turf team? 
Well, you want we want balls to stay in ballparks because that's one of the things that's hurt us this year is our starters giving up long balls. And so it's going to force your opponent to put an honest swing on the ball. And, and we can score in multiple ways. We've, we've not, um, you know, especially recently, like if you look at what we did over the weekend with South Carolina, uh, we've gotten back to playing, you know, basically baseball would be my read on it. So um, instead of gorilla ball and hitting everything out all the time. So um, I think that would favor Tennessee. I think, I think the, the park playing big would favor Tennessee. Well, thank you, guys. I'm here, and I'm going to cheer for thank everybody. You. And I hope we, I think we can win today. And oh yeah, um, I'm just hoping the rain holds off because it is cloudy. Well, good, good, good luck with the weather, and have fun down there. And I'm kind of jealous of you. Eight six five two hundred five four zero two. Go ahead, Brian. I'm seeing ponchos in the stand, so it must be sprinkling to a degree, but they're still playing. Oh, you may. Oh, you may. And it's in the bottom of the eighth inning. South Carolina leads eight to nothing. Oh, you may. Yeah. Let's hope there's no lightning strike down in Muscle Shoals. They'll have to have a delay. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Steve, the Garbage Man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. 
For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. This is Laurie Cole, Executive Director with Pay Grace Forward. We are a community solution to predatory lending. We help people in Murray County who are trapped in payday and title loan debt. We do this through financial mentoring, followed by low-interest grace loans. To see if Pay Grace Forward can help you, or to volunteer with our organization, please visit our website at paygraceforward.org or call 931-548-6797. Have you heard the news? The Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools has a new day and time. Hop on the Big Yellow School Bus Saturdays at 10 a.m. right here on WKOM 101.7 FM to hear all about what's happening in and around Murray County Public Schools. The Big Yellow School Bus with Jack Cobb and friends on Front Porch Radio, Saturdays at 10 a.m. on WKOM 101.7 FM. Tint on Wheels is changing their Columbia location. You can now visit us at 406 South James Campbell Boulevard, the same window tinting you've trusted for over 30 years on all types of windows, car, business, or residential. We now offer accessories to elevate your ride. It's only getting bigger and better. With three locations, Columbia, Lewisburg, and Lawrenceburg, we do our best for you. Summer's coming. Let's get you ready. Call 931-619-TINT today. Fast-paced health provides easy access to quality care close to home. The streets you live on are the streets we live on. We're part of the baseball games and Main Street parades. Your community is our community, and it's our mission to provide you with quick, convenient, and affordable health care. We're here for the injuries and illnesses, the preventative treatments, the chronic conditions, and so much more. Fast-paced health. Reserve your spot in line today. Fast-paced health is now open at 600 South James M. Kimball Boulevard. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. A special TLD Logistics Overdrive overtime coming up as Matt Dixon will have a pregame show for us of sorts, looking back at the South Carolina weekend and then getting you set for today's matchup with Texas A&M. And you know, Matt, big ballpark. Inclement weather, which inclement weather and that event, that's peanut butter and jelly right there. You, you, you're not going to have one without the other. Toast and jam. I mean. Yeah. Um, and it just kind of pushes everything back. You just you just hope that the delays aren't so bad that they can't get each game, all the games in that day. Yep. Which was, I think that was the case last year a few times and. And Tennessee was unfortunately, despite being the number one seed, were playing in the late game every day, so had to 
wait around and play after midnight, which yes. kind of corrected in Florida plays the first game of the, the night session tomorrow. Matt, were you down there for that South Carolina game that was played in the wee small hours in the morning when Tom Hart was punch drunk and they were, like, cracking on me? And Yes. I, I mean, it was like he fired off three or four lines on me at, like, one thirty in the morning. And I texted that simpleton, and I said, look, dude, I'm listening to you, you simpleton. But hey, he had 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 to stay on, had to keep things lively. It was like one in the morning. I think Tennessee had that against Kentucky too, when they they knocked him out of the tournament, sent them to the the baseball NIT. Give me a <laughs> when they were Kentucky was the home team for some reason out of the losers bracket. I love the whole home. T- I love the way the SEC there it is. The, the, Run, the roll, walk does off. what they do. Okay, oh, so so that game's over. Nine Tennessee nothing. starts when, Bry? Excuse me that that was a well hit ball that. The outfielder cost okay. the sacrifice. It's nine nothing. Carolina. All the right. game's not over yet. When does Tennessee play? They'll play thirty minutes after the completion of this game, which could be it could be between one thirty and two when so, we start. So get off the Phrygian stage. Uh, on the way out, Matt Dixon, give me a score prediction. Give me Sco. Give me Sco. Uh, give me t- Tennessee six three. Six three. Matt J. will have you next. TLD Logistics Short Porch uh, over here at tclub.team to the radio listener. I want to say to you, I appreciate you being there. Dave Serrano, thank you. SEC Miguel, thank you. Uh, what a terrific, terrific day here on the program. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram thanks St. Jude Children's Hospital for their admirable work. We are committing to their cause of providing quality care to families in need at no cost to them by donating $150 for every new vehicle sold. Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram is proud to partner with St. Jude for the fourth consecutive year. If you are currently in the market for a new vehicle, visit the team in-store or shop online at Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia.net to help families protect what matters most. You can count on us. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. 
Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Spring is here and we are ready. We carry a full line of steel, echo, and chindawa yard equipment. We also have a great selection of grass seed, fertilizer, and garden supplies. With the most knowledgeable sales staff in Southern Middle Tennessee, come check us out at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, Columbia, Tennessee. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Coach, baseball is back, and WKRM 103.7 is excited to bring you coverage and sponsorship options for this 2023 season. That's right, Taff, and this year our advertising partners had the option to sponsor our live Little League coverage, Atlanta Braves coverage, or a combo package that carry both of them. This area loves baseball, and what a great way to support the community by helping us bring coverage of our Little League, but also taking a moment to promote local businesses. People are crazy about the Atlanta Braves. Whoa, 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 whoa. There's something special and timeless about baseball radio broadcast. There sure is. So visit Front Porch Radio TN and click on the blue Advertise With Us button for more information about how your company can sponsor baseball of all kinds this season with WKRM. Each week on History's Hook, we'll be bringing you interesting and informative stories from the past in an effort to connect the history in our own backyard to the big events that compose national and world history. I'm your host, Tom Price. This is not your high school history class. We're going to make history fun and compelling. We're going to get you hooked. History's Hook with your host, Tom Price, Saturdays at 9 a.m. and 6 p.m. right here on WKOM 101.7 FM Front Porch Radio. Join us for a journey through time. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. 
All right. Welcome back, everybody. This is T. Willie. I got uh, our good friend, Mr. Miles Johnson, on the phone. He's going to tell us what's happening at Foodland this week. Miles, I hope you're having a great day so far. Oh, yeah. I'm having a great day. Excellent. So what uh, what kind of All specials right. we got this week? Well, this week we got ground chuck for three seventy nine a pound, assorted pork chops for $1.59 a pound, T-bone steaks four ninety nine a pound, Nestle Pure Life 24-pack water, three for 11, and Coca-Cola 12-pack cans and 8-pack bottles, both two for 10. All right, and these sales run through next Tuesday, correct? Yes, sir. And again, you're open seven days a week, 7 a.m. to 9 p.m., located right there on West 7th Street, right near the post office. So, Miles, uh, great deals. Uh, people need to come in and check them out. And uh, we'll uh, give you a call next Thursday and see how you're doing then. So, Miles, you have a great day. And uh, again, thanks for the uh, great staff. They do really help everybody out when they come in. So, we'll talk to you later. All righty. Thank you. Thank you. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee.